Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 and 36 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, the last hour of Lawn and Garden this morning, the last hour of Lawn and Garden for 2016. Yes, we are live today. Dave Baker will be in a minute for the Home Fix-It show. We are both going to be live today for the last day of 2016. You heard the number, 404-872-0750, or you can send me a Twitter, a Twitter, a Twitter message just with the hashtag AskWalter during the message or in the front of the message, and we will read it off on the air. And Ashley Frasca says we do have a Twitter message this morning. Aaron got on Twitter and used the hashtag AskWalter. That makes it searchable so that I can find their questions. So Aaron asked, how and when do I get rid of clover leaf in grass? And I want to know what what kinds of grasses that it's most common in. Gosh, you see it in Bermuda grass and zoysia, too, because both of them are brown right now, and the green of the oxalis is really, it stands out so vividly. And also right now, actually, chickweed. You know, usually chickweed sprouts sometime in late September, early October. And this year it was so dry that we didn't have a bit of chickweed until just a couple of weeks ago, maybe. And um, I started seeing it a little bit around the edges of my lawn. I saw it a lot at my mother's house up in the pasture, just so the chickweed has finally started sprouting out. And uh, one of those things you need to control as well. Well, for oxalis or, or green clover, whatever you want to call it, that's in the Bermuda or zoysia lawns, um, most of the broadleaf weed killers can be used on dormant grass. So he could use the Bayer uh, season-long weed control, read the label, of course, and follow what it says to do there. You could use the Ortho uh, Mac, Weed Be Gone Max, and use that. I'm sure there's a Bonide product that Pike sells that would do a fine job, too, the Bonide um, uh, Weed Beater Plus would probably do a good job. The important thing is to read the label. You don't use these products when the grass is greening up, but if I'm not mistaken, the label on all of them says they can be used during dormancy. And like I said, during dormancy, you can see a lot of those green leaves very, very easily. You can see exactly where to spray if you want to. Um, I think both are just too numerous to try to pull. If there's any organic way, I'd give it, but I don't have an organic way other than using chemicals. So either the season-long weed control or the ortho weed be gone uh, or the uh, weed beater max i think would all work pretty well for broadleaf weeds and dormant grass right now thank you again for twitter just uh, ask you a question put a hashtag ask walter in your twitter message let's go to the phones we've got andy in atlanta and andy has a question about her hydrangeas hey andy yes i'm here hey what's up um I've got many hydrangeas on my property, and they're all bare-stemmed at this point, and they're really not pretty. I'd like to know how far back I can cut them. Ah, that's a great question. And you're talking to a guy who was just yesterday pondering that exact question and doing something (laughs) about it, too. Um, The question becomes, Andy... Which kind of hydrangea do you have? Is the ones that are usually pink and blue in the summer or white, or what do you have? Yes, they're common hydrangeas. Okay, common hydrangeas, the pink and blue ones. Um, They can be cut back a little bit, but not a lot. And by a little bit, I mean you can take off the old 
brown flower heads, which is what I was doing yesterday. But they're all gone. I've taken those all off. I took those way off then. Good. The deal, though, is, Andy, to remember, is that the buds that are on those stems right now, the ones that are within, oh, within 12 inches or so of the tip of each stem, they're the buds that are going to make the flowers next year. So uh, if you prune I get it, it way already. down, <laughs> if you prune it way down, then you'll have really great leaves, foliage will be go- awesome and, and gorgeous, and, and no blooms. not so many of the blooms there. <laughs> so I understand. Yes. That said, there may be a few shorter blooms that nobody touched as you didn't get to, or shorter stems. I should have said shorter stems that you didn't touch as you were pruning. And those shorter stems may give you flowers themselves. So I see. don't think you're completely bloom-free next year, but the likelihood is you'll have less than if you left the stems. I understand. Some of I, I haven't had the question. Now, if I do cut these back to maybe 12 inches from the soil, yeah. can I, they, and they won't bloom much this year, but would they bloom next year? Absolutely. Okay. As, as long as we keep you away from the pruning shears <laughs> during the winter of <laughs> next year. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that I have advised people who have, you know how it is, hydrangeas, if you don't prune them for a couple of years, they get big and tall and lanky and they flop yes, over a little awful. bit. And yeah. so you do need to do a little pruning on them. So the best time to do pruning is in the summer, right? When the flu- blooms begin to fade in July, early August, you can do any pruning anywhere, any height, anything you want to do at that time. Oh, good. As, as winter comes on and the buds for next year's blooms have already formed and they're on the stems. So as winter comes on, you can shorten some of the tallest stems, the ones that are three and four feet tall and reaching out and over the lawn and places you don't want them, you can cut those back by half, sure, but leave some of the medium-sized and shorter stems completely alone other than removing the old brown flower. So your best best advice is to uh, trim them right after they bloom. That's a great time to do it because then you can do anything you want to. All right. Thank you so much. That is so helpful. Walter. You bet I listen to you. I'm I'm a retired master gardener. In fact, oh, great. you gave me my first instructions. Wow, that's when a you while. went to cater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that long ago. But anyway, I, I I listen to you every week, and I get a lot of good advice. And I get learn a lot from the questions that I'm asked yes, to answer. So it's a mutual relationship. Yes. Thanks for calling. Thank you so much. You Bye bet. Now. I'll see you. Four zero four eight seven two. 0750. That's the number that Andy dialed, and you'll be in there as well. 404-872-0750. By the way, I think it's surely it's already too late to apply for the Master Gardener program, but if you ever thought about becoming a Master Gardener, and this is a an honorific we give to people who've taken a class, series of classes actually, starting in early January on through mid-April, at several hours a week of going to a central spot, depending on where you live. So the metro Atlanta area meets usually in DeKalb County, South Metro meets down in uh, Henry County, usually North Metro meets up in Cherokee County and coming sometimes. But... Uh, when you've taken this course, and then after you complete a course of about 50 volunteer hours doing projects that benefit the neighborhood and benefit the community, then you become a master gardener. And the master gardeners, because of all this classwork, know a lot about plants and soil and trees and pruning and diseases and insects and all that kind of stuff. So they really know their stuff. Andy is to be congratulated for having completed the Master Gardener course years and years ago when I used to teach several of the uh, 
of the segments of the classes there. These these days I only teach, let's say, do one on uh, animal control, one on soils and uh, fertilizers and that sort of thing, and like another oh diagnosing plant problems. I do a third one too for some of the uh, the Hall County Master Gardener crowd. So uh, we still have Master Gardeners, but the time to apply for it usually is in the fall. Usually September October seems like is when the applications go out from the various uh, local extension offices. If you want to, by the way, call your local extension office and tell them you want to be on the list for next year's class, the number, one of the magic numbers that you can use is 1-800-ASK-UGA-1. 1-800-ASK-UGA and the number 1. Wayne is in McDonough, and Wayne joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Wayne, good morning. Good morning to you, Walter. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How can I help, Wayne? Well, I have a couple of extremely large orange tea olives in my home in McDonough. Ooh, the orange and, was nice. Oh, they are beautiful, and they smell so good. Yeah. But, but I've just about completed my lake house up at Lake Hartwell, and I was wanting to move them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what's going to be the best procedure. I'd like to kind of crop them back some and um, dig them up and ship, take them to the lake. But mm-hmm. what, what guidelines would you uh, send me to go by? How big are they now, Wayne? Uh, probably about 12 foot tall. Um, I could probably take my arms lengthwise yeah. to get around the larger one. Are you going to keep the house you live in now, or are you moving completely up to the lake? I'm going to keep the house, but I'm going to rent it. Wayne, somewhere between McDonough and the lake house, there is a nursery, and they have these tea olives for sale. Mm-hmm. And you would be so much better off. And the tea olive plant is going to be so much better off being that big to try to move it. It's going to set it back and stress it and, you know, the likelihood of having another drought. And Wayne's not able to water it as well as he should because it's up at the lake house. And just I'm thinking all the things that would point in the wrong direction for that plant's health. Whereas if you go and buy a little two-gallon, three-gallon tea olive at a nursery and plant it, the stress and monetary loss, really, is not going to be nearly as much. I think you need to plant a new one. That's what I think. Okay. Well, that sounds like good advice, Walter. Yeah. The one, you know, the one that I enjoy smelling sometimes the most, Wayne, is at the... Uh, at the Chick-fil-A in Fayetteville. There's one right by the pickup window of the Chick-fil-A in Fayetteville. And every time I go, which I go weekly because I go there to pick up a chocolate milkshake from my mother, <laughs> I go and visit her in Fayetteville. And so I stop for a minute and wait for my order to be filled. And I see and smell that little uh, uh, tea olive right next to the window there. And it makes me think of that plant weekly, every year. Yeah, those are some awesome yeah, yeah, and the orange-flowered form that you have is supposed to be even more fragrant than the white-flowered form, so that's a great plant to have. Yeah, I have them both, and the orange definitely is. And I've nurtured that one from a one-gallon plant, and mm. I don't know, I guess it has some sentimental value to sure. it there. But, sure. but yeah, I, I figured that buying a new one was going to be the easiest, but I didn't know how much potential it had of moving yeah, I think just makes sense. the work and the trouble of moving that great big one and the chances of failure are so much bigger than I think you need to get a new one. And like I said, there are nurseries who have the orange form and the white form, and you can buy one and plant it at the new house and be nurture it up to 12 feet tall. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thank you very much, Walter, and uh, you've been a wealth of advice. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. We'll see you soon. 
Have a blessed day. It's Have 17 minutes past the hour. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. I had a friend named Rambling Bob. He used to steal, gamble, and rob. He thought he was the smartest Those guy of you who've been listening for a couple hours this morning realize that we're having a theme of, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> Only music from where, Brother, Where Art Thou this morning. Where is our brother? Where is our friend? Well... He's in the jailhouse. He's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be about 50 degrees this afternoon. Right now it's 36, 37 degrees outside overnight. Around 40 degrees. Rain move again this afternoon around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock maybe. And rain may be continuing through New Year's Day. So if you're outside this evening, if you're driving particularly on New Year's Eve, going to or coming from a party, do, do, do be careful. If the rain is there, it's going to make roads a little bit slicker than you're used to. Jesse is in Decatur, and Jesse joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jesse, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you this morning? I'm well. How can I help, Jess? I have uh, some zoya grass, which is about two and a half to three years old. Yeah. I put down some um, pre-emergence in the fall. Yeah. And now I got green onions all over the place. <laughs> what can I do? Is there anything I can do to get rid of that? Yeah, yeah. Wait. Yeah, I had a I had a call about an hour ago, I guess now, and I said one of the products that I like a lot, and I failed to do another thing that I'll cover with you right now. For him, if you wanted to spray, I think I recommended the image. For nutgrass, that's what it's called. Image for nutgrass. You go to a nursery, go to Pike, and say, "I want some image for nutgrass." Here's a bottle right here. Spray it on. Let the rain water it in. It's absorbed only by the roots, and so that's how it works. So you can put it on dormant grass and kill the onions, and that's the one way to do it. But there's an organic way too, Jesse, which I think is worth considering if you have uh, onions in any grass or in a landscape place or place you don't want the onions to be. It's a little tool called the water weeder, water-powered weeder. And the way it works is it connects to your garden hose, and it has a trigger that you can pull with your fingers, and a long brass rod, about a foot and a half long, with a nozzle on the end. And when you want to get rid of a clump of onions, you place this next to the onion clump on the ground. You pull the trigger. Water squirts out of the nozzle into the ground. And it liquefies the soil around that clump of onion bulbs. And I think you probably know that when you have a clump of onions, about 50% have leaves and 50% are lying dormant, sleeping under the ground. And so you have to get them all. And by liquefying the soil, you can just basically put your fingers down into the dirt and feel those little bulbs and pull them right out of the ground. The ones that have leaves on them, certainly pull those out, put them in a bucket and throw them away. But this water-powered weeder is a great way to dig or to get uh, weeds of any sort, whether onions or dandelions or anything else you want to get out of the landscape. It just works like a charm. And the way to find it, you'll never find it at a hardware store. Never. I've never seen one for sale at a hardware store. But online at the A.M. Leonard Garden Supply Company. And if you want to know the contact for that, you go to WalterReeves.com and type one word, funky. F-U-N-K-Y, because it's on the page where I have cool tools and funky fertilizers. Okay. <laughs> and so, on that one word, just gets you right to the page you need. 
And you can see this water-powered weeder as well as all the other cool tools and funky fertilizers that I've been exposed to over the years. Okay, awesome. That's great. Okay, I think I'll try that. Yeah, Jesse, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, if you're in a water fight, that water weeder, boy, it's powerful. It'll knock them down. <laughs> so Thank think about welcome. that, too. Happy New right. Year, Jesse. Happy New Year. All right, bye-bye now. We'll see you soon. It's 828 News Talk WSB. More Lawn and Garden After News. Our number 404-872-0750. See you then. in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 and 37 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you care to do or don't care to do in your landscape. Either way, it's all right with me. I understand laziness. I understand disinclination to go out and garden. I understand when people are obsessed about it and have to do it every day of the year. Either way, we can talk to you and answer your questions and help you be more successful. 404 872 0750. And one of the ways you become a successful gardener is to hang around at nurseries which are guaranteed to have the best information and the best plants, and that is Pike Nursery. And our friend Mickey Gasaway joins us. Good morning, Mickey. Well, there you are. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So, Pike, finally winding up a successful year and all the plants, most of the plants anyway, gone. The Christmas tree's getting out of there. So how's life at Pike Nursery? Life is great at Pike Nursery. <laughs> is it we're, we're getting ready for some new classes next year, and right. um, we'll get those out. And that's going to be fun. But I want to mention one thing that has nothing to do with Pike Nursery, but <laughs> has to do with what you're talking about this morning, yeah. about the blue glass. Oh, yeah. I collect green glass. Okay. And I read, or I heard one, and I, I can't, I'm not going to say who I thought I heard it from because that may not be true, but um, that things root faster in it and everything. And I use it, I collect green glass. Wherever I go, people bring me green glass. I love uh-huh. it. And um, I root things in it. And when I give somebody a root cutting, I always give it to them in some kind of little green glass. <laughs> and it roots faster. Okay. So there. Well, maybe, and you maybe. don't have well, paints. It does from, you, well, you know, you do what you're successful with. That's what I tell you. If it works for you, do it. That's exactly And that right. works for me. If so, that works there. for you, and, you know, I keep the haints out of my garden with all that's, my blue bottles. Right. So that's what I believe, and you believe the green glass works for rooting. Okay. So you, don't have, you don't have any haints, and I've got roots. So that works, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, neither right. one of us are going to submit this to the scientific <laughs> method and see, because no, we don't care. not. We do probably it. Probably not. <laughs> just our thing. Just that crazy lady from Pike who has the green glass all the time, that crazy man with the blue bottles everywhere. And also that has to eat black-eyed peas and... Hog gel and collard greens. Collard greens and, yeah, you bet. New Year's Day. That's so true. That kind of gets it in perspective. That's absolutely true. There's no <laughs> no way that cannot be true because my mother said it, and if my mother says it, it is That's true. Right. And we That's had right. black eyed peas for many 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 years when she was able to cook, and that's I'm the result of it. Well, that's oh, yeah. right. My kids are the result of mine, so they am. <laughs> so what is our pipe okay. picking the weekend, Mickey? Let's get <laughs> down to business. <laughs> that's right. Orchids. 
Oh, great. And so. we have got some really, really, really pretty ones. And the orchids are such a diverse group of plants. I mean, whatever you want, you can find. Yeah. Um, and they do well. They're easy to grow. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them are really, really easy to grow. I can grow the uh, the phalaenopsis, the um, moth orchid. I yeah. can grow that. Yeah, yeah. It, really easy, as long as I keep the cats out of it. <laughs> the cats other than that. wreak havoc with it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they're beautiful. We've got some. Um, there's another one. Uh, have you seen the one that smells the one that smells like chocolate? No, I haven't. I know there is one though. It's called Oncidium, and we're out of them. We had some, and we we don't have any more. But we usually carry them. So if you walk into the little orchid house in your pack nursery and you smell chocolate, that's they're brown. Wow! And they're they're really really pretty. Am I understanding correctly that somebody at Pike, there's an orchid expert at every Pike store? There is. Every, there's one in every, the, usually it's the department head in the uh, houseplants, but there's somebody that can tell you all about orchids. And, and it really does help to have somebody to get you started. Yeah. Our store is Frank, and he does a great job. And but all the stores have gotten somebody. Okay, and tell you yeah, all I about orchids. That's the thing about orchids; they're a little bit intimidating for a lot of people because you <laughs> think, "Oh, they're so touchy, and they have to have a certain environment, things like that." But as long as you have an expert to say, "No, here's where you put it in your that's house, right. in a sunny window, it in tells the bathroom." You which food, which food do you yeah. use, and everything that helps as well, and when to feed them. And which There's soil, a chart at sorry. all the pikes too. You can take a picture of it with your cell phone, and it'll tell you. When to feed them and everything. So that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is sort of whenever I think about it. <laughs> it's a good. No, you need to do that. I'll have to send it to you. All right. It works really good. I'll post it right next to the little orchid, and hopefully the orchid will be a little happier. I mean, that's frankly, right. mine's looking good now. And yeah. watering it just whenever I can think, oh, yeah, I need to put the orchid in the water pot and soak it good and then take it back out again, let it yeah. drain. You don't need to overwater it, but let it kind of dry out in between. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Mine's okay. being fine. So remember, with the with the pike pick, everybody, the way you do it, the way you do it is go back and pick about three orchids and say, "I want these three." Go up to the cashier and say, "This is the pike pick for the weekend. They're twenty percent off," and she gives you twenty percent off, and you walk out with some gorgeous plants. That's right. You got it, Mickey. I. I probably don't need to ask this question, but what will you be doing this afternoon? Well, I get off at three. Yeah, and I will be home at three. 30, and by then, Stan will already be in front of the couch going, Roll Tide! <laughs> I hear there's a big game, and people are already gathering in downtown Atlanta for this big game here in Atlanta. It involves the University of Alabama. That's right. right. And you can come by the place. We close at 3 today, but you'll still be able to get home really quick in order to watch the game. All right. Well, I plan to join you. I'll be in front of my TV set, too, and I might even have a roll tide here and there to Well, I even said, I, I said go go dogs yesterday. All right, So good. you've got to say roll, do, roll tide today. I will do it today. Roll tide okay. today. Thanks, Mickey. We'll see you, you next Saturday. Day. See you then. Bye. It's 42 minutes past the hour, which is Richard in Gainesville. His turn. Hey, Richard. Morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, Hey, I'm planning on uh, wanting to put some grapevines, uh, and they're going behind my septic field. Uh -huh. how, how close to that would you recommend getting? You know, since grapes are grown above ground, and uh, you're probably not the kind of person who goes and picks grapes up off the ground because they've already rotted or the yellow jackets have gotten into them by that point, I don't see much problem in putting them relatively close to the septic field. 
They're going to get uh, moisture and nutrients and things from the septic effluent as it grows out there. And as long as you're not picking stuff off, off the ground, what contamination would there be? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I was unaware and just wanted to know. Um, and then what time of year do you think would be the best to get them in the ground? Today, today, tomorrow, the next day. That'd be perfect. Okay, beautiful. Hey, thank you, Walter. <laughs> Richard, go on my website, go on WalterReeves.com, and just type in muscadine, and it'll give you the preferred varieties, the ones that self-pollinate, the ones that need another pollinator nearby, and you really can get some absolutely fabulous muscadine vines now. Nurseries have them uh, on sale and will for the next couple of weeks be getting them in, and uh, they're great vines, and put them next to the septic tank and let them grow. All right. Hey, thank you, Walter. All right, Richard. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye. We got Ida in Jonesboro. Ida joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ida. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Gosh, I'm really uh, surprised I was able to get on your talk show and, and ask you this question. Um, of course, I'm, I am a master gardener, yep. and having gone through all of that, you would have thought I would know the answer to this, but um, or the dumb thing I must have done to... Um, my Norfolk pine, my yeah. it's dying. The uh, limbs are wilting. I've done some research on it. It says it needs humidity, make sure it's well-drained, um, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I've moved it to the garage, but I'm wondering in your bag of goodies and remedies if you have something that perhaps could save my Norfolk pine. How much light does it get, Ida? I have uh, placed it in the garage where it's getting uh, uh, as much light as possible. Because uh, mm-hmm. that was another uh, point that was mentioned, is to make sure it gets plenty of light. Uh, so, I mean, short of me putting it outside where it gets full sun, mm-hmm. uh, exposure to it, uh, that's the best I can do right now. I've, I've taken the dish out so it doesn't hold the water and it drains it, and yeah. I've put some pebbles uh, to make some humidity for it because I know it likes that. How tall or, is it right yeah. now? Did you say how tall it is? It is about uh, three feet tall. It was gifted to me by a neighbor moving out of state, and it was in a really beautiful pot. And I transplanted it back um, when I got it in uh, late spring, and um, I I might have shocked it. I don't know. Boy, you've done everything just right, Ida. I am not hearing a smoking gun of something I can blame the decline on. In your in your description, the only thing that I can even suggest would be to find a tarp or some newspapers on the kitchen floor and pull it out of the pot and just make sure the roots are look healthy and it's not soggy. The hole for the pot is not clogged up so it holds too much water. Something like that is going on. They're generally, you know, this Norfolk Island pine is generally pretty tolerant of. Uh, indoor conditions, and you have people that grow them until they're eight or nine feet tall, so they're not that tough to grow. But what is happening to yours, I don't know. It's something with the root system, it sounds like, but I don't know what it is. Okay, okay. Well, I, I'm kind of stumped myself, so I've tried everything, and I said, well... Well, There's one more recourse, and I was just fortunate that I was able to get on your talk show, so yeah. I appreciate uh, all the tips that you offer, and um, certainly very helpful in, in other areas that I enjoy my gardening in. And remember, Ida, if this one continues to sort of decline and go off to the pale, 
there's a lot of nurseries that have uh, Norfolk Island pines for sale right now, and you can buy one and you know grow another one. So there's no shame in saying this one just is not happy where it is. It's going to have to go outside in the compost pile. Bye bye. Get a new right. one and have more success with the new one. Right, right. Yeah, it just had a little sentimental value being that it came from one of our neighbors, yeah. so that was moving out, and I thought, oh, yeah. of course I will be able to take care of it and, and send you pictures. Well, I dare not send them pictures. <laughs> well, there's there's no shame in admitting failure in gardening, and not everybody is successful with every plant. So, Ida, good luck with this one, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Get another one and be successful with it. Thanks for calling. We've got Curtis on the line. Curtis comes to us from Williamson, Georgia. Hey, Curtis, good morning. Good morning. How can I help, Curtis? Oh, man, I have a bamboo issue. I have way <laughs> too right. much of it, and I can't kill it. <laughs> what? How much do you have? About four and a half acres. Ooh, Curtis! Yeah, it was... We bought the house as a foreclosure, and um, it had been abandoned for about five years. And the yeah. bamboo was actually so bad, the power company couldn't even turn the power on. Good um, It was coming up through the porch and popping the boards off the porch. Um, wow, wow, tried, wow, wow, wow. Uh, there is nothing chemical that's going to help you. It's strictly mechanical removal. We're talking earth-moving bulldozer, bobcat, something like that, to dig it up and get the roots out of the ground. There's nothing else that's going to help. Okay, that's that's what I was wondering because everybody's everybody's told me different things. I've tried. I'm four years now. I've been trying. Yeah. Um. You know, we took my. I have heavy equipment. We took it over there. We stripped a bunch of it down. And then you end up with this pile of dead yeah. bamboo. You can't burn yeah. it because yeah. it explodes and sets the neighborhood on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Um, I just I didn't know if you had a, an answer to try to get rid of it. There is not, other than just physically keeping at it and knocking down. Once you've once you've done the physical removal as best you can, knock down every sprout that comes up. And four and a half acres, that's a good bit of walking around with a machete. But that's about all you can do is keep knocking down the comb so they never get a leaf on it. And once you've eliminated the leaves, then it eventually starves to death. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Man, oh man, four acres. Whoa, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You keep at it. I mean, that is the only thing I can say. Persistence and earth movers and Roundup is probably not going to help much at all. Knocking down, mowing it, doing things to keep the leaves off of it. That's the best I can offer for you, Curtis. And I extend my sympathies on that bamboo situation you're in. Wow, it is 849, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. My strongest trials now are past. My well, the trial for the day is going to be up to 50 degrees this evening, this afternoon, I should say. Rain coming in. Temperatures overnight in the 40s. Right now it's 38.3 degrees at News Talk WSB. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. Tammy, Tammy, Tammy in Johns Creek, you are our last caller of 2016. Hey, Tammy, good morning. Hi, Walter. How are you? I'm well. How can I help, Tam? I have a very dear friend that's moving to New York City. She has a beautiful backyard, and I just dug up her Lenten roses. Awesome. Will they live if I put them in the ground now? Absolutely. What do I do to make them live? Plant them in the ground now. 
That's it. <laughs> That's about it. How big That's is the it. plant, Tammy? Not so big. Well, I I tried to dig it up. It was so huge, so I got little branches all over. I wasn't good about getting very many roots. I got a few, but not a huge root ball. Man, it's still probably going to be okay. It's a tough plant. Linton rose is one of those plants that I recommend to people who say, I just can't grow anything. I just can't get anything to grow in my yard. Get a Linton rose and plant it, and you will be successful. It is a tough plant. Okay. So okay. I what about potting it inside? Will it pot inside? Not well. It, oh, boy, it would love to be outside, not indoors. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Tammy, it's great talking to you, and we bid 2016 adieu. Thanks for calling. Well, 2016 has been wonderful because I have every, just about every Saturday morning, been able to talk and visit and have the skilled job of Ashley Frasca screening our calls every Saturday morning. We did not have Clint Reed here the whole wet year, but Clint did a fabulous job today. Jason Byers absent, Scott Maxwell, of course, before that. It's been a wonderful Saturday morning with you and a wonderful series of 52. I'll be celebrating my 22nd, 23rd, something like that year in January. We'll announce that when it comes along. If you didn't get your questions answered today, go to WalterReeves.com. You can sign up for our email newsletter. Follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Pinterest. Other than that, I will see you in the new year next Saturday morning, 2017. We will see you then.